I did a little research, so before I read today's scripture, I want to share with you some background to help you understand it better. This was written by St. Paul. The book of Acts refers to the Acts of the Apostles. So it isn't just words or ideas, but it is a record of the acts or actions of Jesus' 12 apostles. This passage lists up four actions of the apostles. First, concern for the correctness of the apostles' teaching and that their teaching be centered in Jesus Christ. Secondly, there is an emphasis on fellowship with the other apostles and with the wider fellowship of all apostles, of all believers, centered again in Jesus Christ. St. Paul loved the word, the meaning of the word fellowship. And third, it emphasizes the breaking of the bread together and eating in each other's homes. And fourth, their sincere devotion to the daily practice of prayer. So listen for these four things I've lifted up in this scripture passage, which I will read, now read from the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, and I'm reading from the Revised Standard Version. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they sold their possessions and goods and distributed them all as any had need. And together, the day by day, attending the temple and breaking of bread in their homes, they partook of food with glad and generous hearts, praising the people and having favor with all, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. The word of God for the people of God. One of the... One of the great joys of being a pastor serving here at Court Street Church is that we have so many retired uh, preachers in the congregation. It is, it is I, I don't know if you will understand what a treat it is for me and for Pastor Christie to have people like Ron around uh, who remind us on a weekly basis that you can retire from being a pastor, but you never retire from ministry. You never retire from being a follower of Jesus. You never retire from loving Jesus. You never retire from teaching people about Jesus. Ron, I'm so glad that you're here. Grateful for your presence. Grateful for your ministry. Ha, <laughs> ha, 
they've got better jokes than I do too. That's another thing I like about retired pastors. Why they're full of they're full of great jokes, right? So a few years ago, I, uh, I took my family down to Florida to see Mickey Mouse. The kids were little, and it seemed like they were at a good age to finally have the, the whole Disney experience. And while we were down in Orlando, we, we got some exciting news. We learned that the, the space shuttle Discovery was going to blast off while we were down in Florida. This was a big news story because NASA had announced that they were going to end the shuttle program. This was the second to last ever shuttle launch. And I had always wanted to see a space shuttle blast off ever since I was a kid. I figured this is it. This is my one chance to see this thing happen. And, and I thought, what a great experience for my kids to have, right? What a, what a once-in-a-lifetime thing for them to see and a memory they can hold on to for the rest of their lives. This is something that they'll tell their grandkids about. And, and so I did some research and I made some plans and I, I set an alarm. I figured it would take us about an hour to, to drive from Orlando to Cape Canaveral and so I set the alarm early because I wanted to, to get on the road and beat the traffic and get a good spot to watch the, the shuttle take off. The, the day of the shuttle launch our alarm went off. I got the family out of bed. We got in the car. We, we got out on the highway and pointed the car towards Cape Canaveral. And that's when we discovered that every other tourist in the state of Florida had had the same idea that we had. I have, never, I have never seen anything like it. The whole of central Florida had been transformed into one giant parking lot. Traffic was backed up all the way from NASA to Orlando. We got on, on the highway and we sat in traffic for three hours. And in the three hours we sat in traffic, we moved forward three quarters of a mile. And finally, after three hours of sitting there in traffic, we realized that we weren't going to make it to Cape Canaveral. We weren't going to, to go anywhere close to where we wanted to be. Our best hope, our only chance of seeing the shuttle take off was to turn around and get someplace high and and look east and hope that we got lucky. So that's what we did. We got off the highway. We went back to our hotel, and we went all the way up to the eighth floor of the hotel. We managed to find a, a sort of a balcony that faced off to the east, and, and it was a cloudy day. It was an overcast day, but, but directly east of us, just about where we figured Cape Canaveral was, there was a, a little blue patch of sky just about the size of a postal stamp, and, and we figured, well, if we really get lucky, maybe the shuttle the rocket will, will fly right across that patch of sky, and we can say that we, we saw it lift off. Now, that morning, I had synchronized my watch to NASA time, so I knew down to the second exactly when that shuttle was, was supposed to blast off. And so out there on the balcony, we counted down the minutes and then the seconds to lift off. Ten minutes to go, five minutes to go, one minute to blast off, and then ten seconds, five, four, three, two, one, and then we all cheered, and we looked east, and we squinted and we peered and we watched and we waited and we waited and we waited and nothing happened and as the minutes went by of course my kids who were three and five at the time started to get a little bit restless and finally I said to my wife I said you know I'm I'm just gonna run inside I'm gonna go down to our room and turn on the TV and see if I can find out what's going on with this shuttle and my wife she said to me just wait 
She said, you've waited five hours for this. She said, just wait a few more minutes. Don't go inside just yet. But I said, listen, we're in Orlando. We've already spent half a day watching for something that maybe has already happened, maybe isn't going to happen. I don't want to waste another minute of our vacation on this. I'm just going to run inside and, and check the TV and see if I can find out what's going on. And so I left the balcony, and I went down the stairs. Our, our hotel room was on the third floor, and so I went down five flights of stairs. And then I found our hotel room, and I had, I had a little bit of trouble getting the thing to unlock. I can never get those hotel room keys to swipe right the first six or seven times. Finally, the door opened, and, and I went into the room, and I tried to turn on the TV, but I couldn't find the TV remote, and there didn't seem to be any buttons on the TV. You know how these TVs are now. They don't have buttons because nobody uses the buttons, and so I searched the room trying to find the remote control, but I couldn't find it. Finally, I, I found the buttons. They were on the back of the TV, and so... So, and so I turned on the television and I used the, the buttons on the back of the TV to start flipping through the channels. I went through 17 game shows, four soap operas, three baseball games until finally I landed on a news channel. Finally I found a, a news channel just in time to see the screen fill up with a live feed of a space shuttle strapped to a rocket taking off from a launch pad in a mountain of smoke and flame. I ran out of the room. I ran back up five flights of stairs. I wasn't going to wait for the elevator. I burst out onto the balcony and I could see that there seemed to be some sort of a, a party happening out on the balcony. My family were jumping up and down and they were giving each other high fives. I later discovered that some sort of a computer glitch caused the, the launch to be delayed for just a few minutes. My wife, she told me that, that just, just after I left the balcony, not long after I left the balcony, she said suddenly the sky to the east turned a brilliant orange as if a thousand suns were rising all at the same time and the kids swear that they felt the hotel tremble and the ground begin to shake and then she said just then this, this comet of a rocket went directly through that little blue patch of sky that they had been watching. My wife got some great pictures. She, she showed me the pictures. My family got to experience it. My family got to see this, this once in a lifetime thing that they they will tell their grandkids about and I I am pretty sure I pulled a hamstring running up those running up those stairs my family got to see the sky turn orange. They got to feel the ground tremble. They got to see the shuttle lifting off. And I learned a very valuable lesson that day. You can't see the shuttle if you're not on the balcony. Are you on the balcony? All this month, all this month, we are having a sermon series on spiritual growth, growing in faith. We're talking about how we grow in faith. We're talking about what it looks like when we grow in our faith. And, and this morning, I want to talk about the number one reason why most people are not growing in their faith. Today, I want to talk about the number one thing that causes people to get stuck in their relationship with God. Today, I want to talk about the number one reason why most of us are not experiencing God the way we want to experience God. It very simply comes down to this. We are not on the balcony. We have gone into the hotel. We've gone downstairs. We've turned on the television. We are no longer watching the skies, waiting for signs and wonders to happen. We are not on the balcony. That's why we're stuck in our relationship with God. Here's the thing, church. The secret to spiritual growth is not a secret, and it never has been. The secret to growing in our faith has been right there in the book of Acts chapter 2 for the last 2,000 years for anyone to see. 
In this morning's scripture reading, we have a glimpse into the moment of the most intense spiritual growth that the church has ever experienced. After the resurrection of Jesus, God poured out the Holy Spirit on the followers of Jesus. Thousands of people came to believe in the message of God's love in Jesus Christ. Thousands of people were baptized and became a part of the church. And then in the book of Acts chapter chapter 2, verse 42, we learn that in that moment, the church, the people of the church devoted themselves to doing four simple things. Number one, they devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles. In other words, they studied, they learned, they They read their Bible. They went to Sunday school. They joined small groups and talked about God's word with other believers. Number two, they devoted themselves to fellowship. In other words, they gathered together. They made friends in the church. They roasted hot dogs. They drank coffee. They became a part of each other's lives. They shared each other's joys. They shared each other's sorrows. Number three, they broke bread. In other words, they gathered around the communion table in worship. They celebrated Holy Communion together. They sang songs of praise together each Sunday. They they worshiped God and passed the peace together day, day after day after day. And number four, finally, they prayed. They prayed for themselves. They prayed for each other. They prayed for peace. They prayed for healing. They prayed for God's kingdom to come into this world. And and as they did these four simple things over and over and over again, study, gather, worship, pray, study, gather, worship, pray, lather, rinse, repeat, day after day, week after week, they studied, they gathered, they worshiped, they prayed. And as they did these four simple things over and over again, they began to discover that God was moving among them in a powerful way way. They discovered that they were growing in faith. They discovered that they were growing in love. They were growing in generosity. They were growing in joy. They were growing in numbers. They saw signs and wonders happening among them all because they studied, they gathered, they worshiped, and they prayed. And now here's the question I want to ask today, church. If it is really that simple, if all we have to do in order to grow in our faith is to study and to gather and to worship and to pray, then why do you suppose so many people are stuck in their relationship with God. Why are we not growing the way we want to grow? Why are we not experiencing God the way we want to experience God? It's not hard to figure out, is it? We've left the balcony. We're not studying. We're not gathering. We're not worshiping. We're not praying. We don't study the way that we could. I mean, so many people who say to me, you know, I was part of a Sunday school class for a while, but then somebody said something, and I got mad, and I decided I was going to take a break, and that was back in 1982, and I'm sure one of these days I'm going to set my alarm a little bit earlier on Sunday and get get back to that class. We don't gather the way that we could. Our fellowship is only skin deep in so many churches. We only see each other on Sunday morning. We sit in worship on Sunday morning, and we look at the lady who sits at the other end of the pew every Sunday morning, and we say, you know, one of these days I really ought to learn her name. I sure do hope that one of these Sundays she comes on over and introduces herself to me. Our fellowship, our gathering is shallow. It's only, it's only skin deep. And we don't worship the way that we could. We don't worship as regularly as we might. I found out the other day, I was reading an article, I found out that, that some of these polling organizations that keep track of, of church attendance trends and are people going to worship and, and are they worshiping the way that they used to, some of these polling organizations are actually changing the way they define regular worship. 
When they talk about regular worshipers, they used to be talking about somebody who was in worship every Sunday or something close to it. Now, do you know when polling organizations talk about regular worshipers, how often those people worship what they consider to be regular worship? Nowadays, polling organizations say if you are in worship three out of every eight weeks, that makes you a regular worshiper. If you went to the gym three out of every eight weeks, would that make you a regular exerciser? If you drank coffee, Coffee three out of eight weeks, would that make you a regular coffee drinker? Three out of eight weeks doesn't make you a regular anything. And finally, we don't pray. We want to pray. We intend to pray. We mean to pray, but it's just so hard to find the time. And then when we find the time, it's just so hard to find the words. And so we don't study. We don't gather, we don't worship, and we don't pray. We have left the balcony, we've gone into the hotel, we've turned on the TV, we are missing out on the things that God wants to show us. And, and we are stuck, we are stuck in our relationships with God. We have allowed ourselves to grow stagnant in our faith. That's the bad news, but there is good news this morning. I want to share with you some good news. I want to give you some hope. The good news is if that describes you, if you find that you are stuck in your faith, if you are not experiencing God the way you long to experience God, then the good news is it is not hard. It is so simple to start moving forward in your faith again. I don't know if you know this, but we actually have among us here at Court Street Church someone who is, is something of an expert on spiritual growth. Reverend Christy Miller Black is, is, is as knowledgeable about growing in faith as any, any person, any pastor that you are likely to meet. This is her passion. This is her ministry. This is what she has devoted her life to. Reverend Christy got into the ministry because she wanted to help people take those first steps of faith towards God. She got into ministry because she wanted to help people who were Stuck, figure out how to take that next step of faith towards God. This week I decided to pick her brain. And so I asked her, I said, Pastor Christy, what is one thing that we can do this summer to grow in our faith? What is one thing that we can do to get unstuck in our relationship with God? And she said, oh, that is so simple. She said, the simplest way to get unstuck in your relationship with God, the simplest way to move forward in faith is almost always just to get into a regular habit of prayer. And she said, that's simple, but it's not easy. She said, the first day you try to set aside some time for prayer, you're going to get down on your knees, you're going to go to your quiet place, and you're going to find that it is easy to find a quiet place, but it is hard to quiet your mind. And you're going to be distracted, and you're going to be thinking about lots of things, and it's going to be so hard to focus on God that you're going to feel like giving up. She said, the fourth day, you're almost going to forget to do it just because life gets busy and there are so many things happening. She said, the tenth day, you're going to get down on your knees, and you're going to think to yourself, you know, I've been doing this for ten days, and and it doesn't seem like anything is happening. It seems like when I talk to God, I'm the one doing all of the talking. Maybe I'm doing this wrong. Maybe I'm just not somebody who's ever meant to, to pray to God. Maybe I should just give up. She said, but if you stick with it, if you persevere, if you stay on the balcony and power through, if you can pray 14 days in a row, she said, 14 days makes a habit. 
She said, after 14 days, everything gets easier. After 14 days, that habit of prayer becomes a part of who you are. It becomes a part of your day. It becomes a part of your life. It becomes easier to pray than it is not to pray. She said, if you can just make it 14 days in a row. She said, as a matter of fact, if you want, I could even put together some sort of a tool to help people get into a a 14-day prayer habit. And I said, yes, please. And so that's what you have in your bulletins this morning. Instead of a, a letter from the pastors this morning, you have got a seven-day prayer journal to get you through each day of the week this week. Here's how you use it. It's, It's very simple. Here's what we want you to do. Set an alarm. Set an alarm on your watch. Set an alarm on your on your phone. Set an alarm. Figure out what time of day you want to devote five minutes to prayer. When that alarm goes off, find a place by yourself. Sit down with this piece of paper and spend five minutes writing a message to God. That's it. It's that simple. It's that easy. That's all that we're asking you to do. See if you can do seven days in a row. Next Sunday, we'll give you a a, a prayer journal for the next seven days. If you can make it 14 days, prayer will become a habit. It will become a part of your, your life, a part of your walk, a part of your walk with God. And I know it seems like a simple thing. And I know it seems like a a small thing. But here's the thing, church. We believe that in God's hands, simple things become significant. And in God's hands, small things can be filled with power. And we believe that if you stick with it, we believe that if you keep on going, we believe that if you keep on staying on that balcony watching the skies, eventually the moment will come when suddenly the sky will turn a brilliant orange like a thousand suns are rising at the same time and you will feel the ground begin to tremble and you will discover that God is all around you and God always has been. The moment will come when you discover that even as you were walking towards God, God has been walking towards you. Let's pray. God, we pray today that you would help us to stick with it. God, we pray today that in those moments when we feel like going inside, turning on the TV, taking our eyes off the skies, God, that you would whisper in our ear just a little bit longer. Don't leave just yet. There are things I want to show you. There are things I want to say. God, we pray that you would help us to wait through the difficult times when it feels like nothing is happening. God, we pray that you would carry us to the place where we suddenly look around and discover that we have changed and the world has changed because we watched for you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.